Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Only Being You Unfiltered Season 3, Episode 2. And this is one of a kind of an episode because we're doing our first ever interviews. And we're our interviews are of a different style because it's more discussion-based. But especially for this topic surrounding Roe v. Wade, we feel as though interviews are essentially very necessary in this time to introduce new perspectives and also allow people to share their own experiences and stories. So without further ado, we're going to introduce our interviewees and we have Taylin, Kate and Samaya. So is it okay if you guys can introduce yourselves? Sure, um, I'm Kate, I use they, them pronouns. I'm 16, I'm a student at Pensbury. I Wonderful. I use she, her pronouns, and I am 23 years old, a college student from Ball State. Awesome. And then, uh, Samaya, you can also introduce yourself as well. Hello, Maya. I go to the same school as Kate. Um, I go by she, her pronouns, and I'm part of the core committee member group. Cool. Awesome. So uh, as you guys know, uh, following our first episode, which was a broad discussion about Only Being You um, and Roe v. Wade and everything that has been going on with abortion access in this country, um, it has been quite interesting to notice how the trajectory of politics has changed over the years. Um, and so what we're gonna talk about today is personal experiences, personal viewpoints, and everything that our original podcast would not be able to necessarily share. So um, I think as an opening, what are your guys' thoughts on Roe v. Wade, um, the overturned by the Supreme Court and just the overall state of the political state in this country right now? Anyone can go first. Um, just to share first, I think uh, the consensus at least on my college campus has been pretty bleak and sad. Um, I don't think people really realize that with Roe v. Wade comes, um, with the overturn of Roe v. Wade comes not only the overturn of abortion rights, but the overturn of uh, health rights in general to people with uteruses. And um, it affects lots of people college stage and even younger across the board, not only, you know, because of abortion or birth rights, but because of just simple, you know, birth control rights. So very bleak, I guess. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing, Taylor. Um, Kate, Samaya, do you have anything to share? Um, I think it's also been pretty bleak at my school as well in the community. We've had like a protest actually at our school. And I feel like I was talking to my mom about this and we both agree that like the initial reaction didn't come on until like a few weeks later because it was just like a shock like we had it had to like sink in for a little bit and then it really hit you and it's like oh my god what's happening no that definitely makes sense um it's terrifying um so Maya anything to add 
Everyone says I do agree that it was pretty bleak in my community. Like, I didn't find, I didn't find about the protest until like maybe the day before when they followed me. So it's you can see how it's like very like not a shared topic. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think it definitely depends on like your geographic area as well, because that does influence um, the presence of protests and activism and all of that too. So um, that's definitely some interesting point. But I think it's important to know, like, why do you think the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade? Because that's something that a lot of people are truly concerned about and why that's the case. I mean, I think we all know why, right, at the end of the day. Um, but just to like get the discussion going, what are some thoughts about why they might have done so and you know the rationales behind Just to get the ball rolling, um, this is something that have been talking about of like stacking the Supreme Court and just the wave of like Christian nationalism that has come on since maybe like the 1970s or 80s in response to like the civil rights movement. It, it's definitely something that's been like brewing um, under the surface of America for a very long time. But I think that now with um, a president, ex-president like Donald Trump, um, it has allowed for uh, the wave of Christian nationalism that has like lived under the subsurface of America to really rise up in a really scary way. Um, and so I think just not only that, but like the stacking of the Senate and stuff like that, I think it's um, everything just kind of really sat in place. Um, and all of the pieces sort of aligned to make it so that this was an easy win, which is pretty disturbing when you think about it. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Taylor. And I definitely agree with your point about Christian nationalism. That was a very powerful point that you brought up. And um, I definitely think that's the root cause of all of this and the way that the Supreme Court has been ruling recently. Um, uh, Kate, do you have anything to add as well? Samaya? Yeah, I think it also, I do agree with the point about Christian nationalism. Um, I feel like, I don't, I totally agree with that. And I think that there's this huge problem with the church being involved with the state. And I think we need to separate that because it's like these laws are based on like the Christian belief, basically, but it's like, not everybody in this country is Christian. That is not everybody's belief. And I feel like it has a lot of, a lot to do with power. Like you want power over people with uteruses. Like you want them to have more children. And it's just like, it's just really twisted. And I still struggle to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Um, I think you brought up an interesting point about how like Roe v. Wade shows that there is, an, I guess, especially in this situation, like there's not a separation between church and state. And uh, that itself is problematic because that is essentially the whole American ideal, right? And when that itself is not there, um, that's very concerning. And I don't know, it has so many other implications too, because this ruling, I don't think this is going to stop here. I think it's going to get way, way worse because 
you know, there was discussions about loving v Virginia and then Obergefell as well. So I'm just like wondering when will this stop? Like, I don't, I don't even know. I have no words. We'll say to that last point, um, what I've noticed now that a lot of people have been talking about is, you know, birth rates as far as uh, white people born in America is going down as well. And a lot of people are talking about that also being a factor as to why now they've overturned Roe v. Wade. They want to make it so that, you know, more white people can be born in America. It's been like talked about, I think, probably since like 70s, 80s, um, birth rate of white Americans is going down. And I think um, like minorities is rising. It's maybe like 2023 or 2024 when minorities were supposed to overtake white Americans. And I know that that is also, it seems to be a big factor as to why Roe v. Wade was overturned, but not really talked about or publicized as much. Um, as far as that being like one of the, the propelling factors as to why they wanted to overturn it. So I will put a point out there too. Wow, that's an amazing point. Because I did notice that, you know, um, the rate of, childbirth among like white populations is not necessarily as high as minority populations i never made that connection so that's very interesting i mean i guess you you gradually understand how twisted several minds are in this country i guess um and understanding like how they just pull pieces of information to get what they want um and it's very scary does anyone else have anything to add about this Okay, um, so I think another issue that um, really has a lot to do with Roe v. Wade, especially in terms of mortality rates and childbirth, is um, like how does Roe v. Wade show um, another angle where Black people have been discriminated against knowing the statistics about childbirth mortality of Black women? Because I know that's also something that needs to be talk about, talked about. And um, it's interesting because this ruling is not going to affect those people who are in power or might necessarily have access to these backdoor routes, you know? It's the people who are of, like, the average American and the people who might not necessarily have access to those resources that are going to be severely disadvantaged. So I just wanted to know your all thoughts on this because um, I guess this is also an elitism issue too. It's not necessarily just one thing. It's a bunch of things together. I, I really hadn't even thought about it like that. Um, but uh, I've had people in my family who have had uh, major difficulty uh, getting pregnant and keeping pregnancies and having to use their abortion rights in order to save their own lives. Um, Black women. And to think that um, if I had those same issues, I might not be afforded the same rights um, is scary because it's, it's hereditary and it is in my family and there's a possibility that I might go through that too. And to think, especially as you said, um, to think that me being a black woman um, and just the death rate among black women, pregnant black women, um, and that sort of being a possibility is, uh, is frightening. Um, and I think, as you said, I don't think those in power really care to think about it because they don't have to. It's not something that they have to worry about, so they don't. 
many in power, many in the Supreme Court are not women. So obviously they don't have to. And I, there's no black women in the Supreme Court, so they don't have to either. Um, so yeah, it's, it's scary, very scary. Yeah. Uh, Kate, Samaya, do you have anything to add on this point? I do agree that it's very scary that we don't have, like, the same, like, um, healthcare rights in the future, even though, like, it's not really first party now, it's going to be even worse down the line in the future. There's going to be, like, you know, dear fine to say the least. Yeah. I mean, bringing up to the point about like how a lot of people have, you know, situations like ectopic pregnancies where um, those pregnancy situations are like life or death situations and they do need an abortion. I think in those situations, especially when there's literally the people in power are denying you the right to do that and save your own self and care for your own body is like absolutely ridiculous. Um, And it's it's just gross. Yeah, I have no words. Um, Kate, do you have anything to add on this question before we move on? Um, just wanted to add on to your comment about like ectopic pregnancies and stuff like that. I've I read something where it did say the only solution for that was an abortion, and it's like if we can't get abortions, like we're going to die. And it's like I don't know how that's not clicking. For some people to realize, especially within the government, like, it's not, like, I don't understand how that's pro-life necessarily if you're willing to ban something that could save somebody's life and they literally don't have any other choice. It's just horrifying. Like, that's kept me up at night. Yeah, exactly. I read the same thing too. And it's just, I do not understand it, but I think a large part of this is a lack of representation among people who are not cisgender male. Um, because when you have these kind of situations and conditions with people who are, you know, co- totally un- un- unempathetic, like it's, I-, I don't know, it's, um, it's baffling to me that we still don't have a, like good representation in our government to this day. And, uh, there's just a lot to, of work to be done. And, um, yeah. So one other question is like, how do you think this decision affects future generations of minorities, um, women. I think this was also one of Samaya's questions in our previous podcast episode, but, um, and do you think certain groups will always have the opportunity to get an abortion and why or why not? Um, As I've said before, like in the last recording podcast, there are gonna be like a priority for like, for like wealthy people, people with money, and white people, and the people without, like on the lower parties could be women, women of color, and people on the um, sorry, what's it called? The poverty and the poverty, and um, not as like, and doesn't have as much money as them because they won't have the same like even like healthcare opportunities or even like good doctors to even afford the procedure. Or doctors like that would even care about me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Samaya. Um, Taylin and Kate, do you guys have anything to add? 
Um, I think that with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, I think it's, I don't think they're going to stop here. It makes you wonder like, how much more are they going to do? Because if it was this easy for them to overturn Roe v. Wade, like what are they going to do next? And I feel like we're not going back into the past, but we're going somewhere worse. And I don't really want to find out what that is. It just feels like we're going on like a downward spiral basically. And it's like, I fear for the future of the country. I definitely agree with that. We're not going back. We're going somewhere way worse. That is like, God, that is the scary truth about this situation. And it's, it's funny because they are not going somewhere way worse. We're going somewhere way worse. People who can afford to pay for, you know, or people who are not rich, who cannot afford to pay for X, Y, or Z are going to still have to follow the rules that these rich people have made for us. And it's sad and it's scary to think of the state of the world now and the state of the world maybe five years from now. To think that like, if they don't stop, if they can't be stopped, where will we end up? And I don't know, I have no clue where we're gonna end up. And that part is the scariest part about it. To, to be afraid of not having any control over what goes on in your own country, the country that you live in, that I pay taxes in, like it's, it's scary. The, the country that you all will eventually inherit, it is terrifying. Yeah, I think the point about how we're not going backwards, but we're going into a downward spiral that's even worse is very true because, you know, the right to access abortion has been longer, has been there for quite a bit of time, if you really think about it. And it was literally designated as a constitutional right. So basically removing that, something that was a guaranteed freedom and protection is only, only like represents a severe downward spiral from now on. And we've already seen many people in the government talk about future rulings that they want to do or like things that they want to overturn. Um, I think I already mentioned like Loving Re Virginia, Obergefell, et cetera. Like this, this doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. Um, I, I don't know what the solution is at this point because I've been trying to think of like possible ideas, um, like, possible solutions because you know you can always spread awareness about these things and that can always help more people become invested in the issue um people should start voting people should start electing the people that they think would represent them the best um unfortunately a lot of people don't vote and when you don't vote you end up with people in the government who you know might not necessarily represent people um to the best degree but I think the problem is like the Supreme Court justices don't have a term limit, which is the most infuriating thing about this problem because there's no way to check them, right? Um, and it's not really in the power of the citizens. So I'm just wondering like, what are some possible solutions that you think might help um, prevent this from getting worse or somewhat stall the process at least? Because this is frightening. I think that what you said about having a term limit is 
like I was just thinking about that. I think it's super important because these people are like getting really old and they're like old white men. And it's like, who are they to be making these laws about like our bodies, right? And I think that on top of like a term limit, it's like our constitutional right to protest and to raise like our voices as a um as like a society as a population and i feel like that is so important like spreading awareness spreading our views and opinions on these important topics and doing all that we can because we're not necessarily in that position of power to change the laws but we could i guess i don't know we could always like i said spread awareness try and make some kind of change help others that are in need who need access Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for sharing, Kate. Um, Taylor and Samaya, do you have anything to add? I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And I've just been sitting back and kind of contemplating, you know, like what can be done at this point with people who you cannot track? Um, as you said, one thing is definitely trying to put people in power to hopefully get that pushed um, so that we can have some checks and balances there. Um, one thing that I've definitely been saying recently is just, especially if you live in a state where abortion is still illegal, making your home a safe haven. Um, <laughs> the thing about uh, the constitution and the Supreme Court is, is that a law has to be broken um, to get it to go up to the Supreme Court, right? So uh, the way that Roe v. Wade happened was is that they felt a law was broken there. They brought it up to a higher level of court inside of that state, and it got higher and higher and higher until it went to the Supreme Court level. The only thing that we can do now is, you know, like um, the, the, the situation that just recently happened in Ohio, where they crossed state state lines um they she got an abortion here in indiana which is where i live and went back to ohio they did get arrested um and they're going through um the court process right now but really the only thing we can really do is hope that they take it to the full extent um to try and get it back to the supreme court and hopefully by that time there will be new people in the supreme court hopefully crossing our fingers we don't know. And if there are the same people in the Supreme Court, they might use it as precedent and make it even harder to get an abortion or to overturn that now. They might use that as like, they might rule against her and then say, you know, this is even more evidence as to why you can't do that here in America. It's a tricky line to walk. Um, the only thing that I could really say is just to keep um, and having your own space as a safe haven, right? So they they brought her here to Indiana. She obviously had to get the doctor um, involved and he was okay with it. So that doctor, again, had to break some laws to be able to do that. It, it, it's a tricky line to walk. Um, it is, especially when it involves the Supreme Court, because again, you, you have to break laws to get it to even go that high. Um, but yeah, you, I, I would just say to keep following your own, your own morals. If we all, you know, continue to protest, if we all continue to make our places safe havens for those who, who need a place to stay while they're attempting to access abortion rights, um, wherever they're legal, that's, 
really all we as lower level citizens can do, continue to vote. Um, please continue to vote. Um, continue to look into your elected officials, send letters, um, and just generally be a menace to your elected officials. Continue to let them know that you're not gonna, you know, back down and be silent while this continues to happen in the Supreme Court. It, it's a hard line to walk, but um, there are some things that can be done. Wow, that was an excellent response. Thank you so much, Taylin. Um, yeah, I have a comment, but I'll add, I'll add to it after Samaya, if you have anything to say. Um, no, everyone said like, pretty much like, their piece on what I was to say, so I definitely agree with what everyone was saying. Yeah, okay, thank you so much. I think what is like interesting to note is like how Taylin said this is like a hard line to walk, and it is because we are as we are like average citizens at this point. And there are people in the government who, you know, are not representative of people in this country. And they are making decisions for people in this country that, you know, don't necessarily have access to the resources that they have. And um, I think what's like important is, you know, continuing to push the elected officials, continue to push people in your local communities, like grassroots organizers, nonprofits, um, not just like the government, but also independent organizations and things like that who can push um, for action in the community. Um, and I think that's extremely important. Um, okay, so I think overall, um, just to conclude, what does Roe v. Wade mean to you guys? Um, and what does it signify for our country today? For me, it signifies and means to me it is healthcare and it's important and it's necessary and it affects everybody when you think about it. It's it's just it's necessary. Yeah. Uh Taylin, Samaya. I agree, it's a very necessary part for healthcare. So everyone should really have access to it, even like not for us, but like not just for us, but for people down far, far, far in the future. It should be access to everyone. Yeah, and then I, to um, I think like going off of what Samaya said, it's it's gonna be a long line of people to come who are gonna be affected by this decision. I, I think it's like world rights, rights as like citizens of this world to be able to have healthcare and like, you know, healthcare that you can rely on and healthcare that is not scary and healthcare that won't kill you. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just plain like, human decent human rights to be able to have something like roe v wade as precedent for our country and the country that like i want my children to be able to inherit and the country that i want my niece to be able to inherit like it's it, it means much more than like you know an abortion it, it's never going to be that simple 
Yeah. Um, I completely agree with your responses and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think we just got to keep pushing and then keep pushing our like local governments, um, national governments, local organizations, grassroots organizations, nonprofits, um, continue to doing activist work is also important and just making sure that we're not stopping at any time soon. You know, we have to keep up the fight, but yeah. Thank you so much, you guys, for coming to this episode. And this is the second episode of season three on Roe v. Wade for only being you unfiltered. Uh, today, I was joined by Taylor Downing, Kate Longstreet, and Samai Anderson. And um, we are very grateful to have you listen to our podcast, and we will see you next time. Bye.